You're listening to an app session from the 2019 Art Conference in Anaheim, California. For more resources to equip you and your local church, visit arcchurches.com. So why don't we just start out with this? Um, let's go with the Zwanzigers first. Just kind of give me your, maybe your quick story, you know, how you got into worship ministry, what you feel like the Lord's really showing you in or, or leading you in as a worship team right now. It's a really broad term to basically Ooh, give you that's that okay. to say <laughs> whatever. whatever you want. So jump in there. You were there before I was. Also, very broad question there, John. Thank you so much. Um, okay, so, wow. So start from the beginning. Well, I was born in 1988. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think, so for me, I started very young in worship, just nature of my parents being pastors and being around worship. They were actually worship leaders, so it was just kind of in the family and all that. So, But I actually resisted it for a while, so I was like, I'm not going to be like my parents, so I'm not going to do this. A little bit of rebellion in there. Uh, but around 15, 14, 15, they needed uh, somebody to play keys at youth group. Shout out to all the youth groups, because that's where it starts. That's where the gyms come. So it was a night, and I was like, no way in the world will I do this. But the guy convinced me into doing it, barely just holding down the notes. But that kind of started something in me, just feeling the need that was you know there to jump in. But then... For me, it was a personal thing. It started in the secret place, just me and Jesus. That's how I got through a lot of depression and insecurity in my teen years and even up into my 20s uh, was my just intimate relationship with Jesus through worship, through the menstrual anointing and through the prophetic, um, just singing to Jesus by myself. And then God did the rest. And yeah, so what was the rest of it? Where our worship community is now in this generation is revival coming into this. I want to let Joseph take the back. So where do, we, where do we feel the position of the cherubim are around this room yes. right now? That's exactly what I want to know. I don't even remember yes. the back of the question. Where are the cherubim going to keep the back of the question? Anyway, no, so I've been um, a musician my whole life. I am 36. I know it's hard Whoa, to Whoa, Grandpa. Not a, not a day of 26, <laughs> but um, 36. And uh, but yeah, I've been involved in worship ministry. I've been leading worship now for 21, going 22 years. Wow. Uh, my main cool. instrument I consider is drums. Uh, so I am a drumming worship leader. Let's go. Uh, just like Josiah was playing drums this morning. Right. He's one of their worship leaders yep. as well. And um, anyway. So yeah, I've been leading worship. Um, she and I met through worship ministry. So uh, in those days, there was no judgment on where she was at, but her dad brought me in to go, hey, we need somebody to help you okay, worship. Okay, here we go. So <laughs> I came in. I was 12. And uh, <laughs> I, was 12. I, fell in love. I fell in love with her as a worship leader before I fell in love with her as a person. Um, and so when we started leading worship and stuff, she was definitely like a young Rita Springer kind of anointing, where it's like get her on the piano and she just sing out prophetically and all that. And I was like, I'm sorry, what's happening right now? <laughs> um, so that, you know, began a beautiful This has uh, now become journey. into a marriage <laughs> session. Now it's a marriage <laughs> session. Yes. Um, but no, so yeah, I've been leading worship. And now, so our church is 23 years old in March. Uh, our worship community is about 100, 120 across five campuses. We also have four prison campuses uh, as well. So uh, it's awesome. Things are expanding. And, um, you know, honestly, one of the greatest honors of our life too is not just to do what we do but see people come alongside and so over here is Rich Harris who's our yeah. associate worship pastor as well yeah. and uh, so some of our best friends and they're along in the journey something God's doing something and we're not jerks I can't follow that I can't follow that I feel like the cherubim are due northeast <laughs> <laughs> right. 
you know, the same thing I did. <laughs> so I'm going to try to follow that. Um, grew up uh, on a farm, South Georgia. Nice. Where my farm people at? All right. Wine. So I grew up uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church, if any of you know what that is. Um, my grandfather's a Seventh-day Adventist pastor. Mm. I grew up um, not wanting to be a part of church. Just wanted to do sports and things like that, but I learned about worship my sophomore year of college. Um, ended up um, really um, having a um, encounter with Jesus my end of my junior year of college, which kind of pushed me into ministry, graduating college. And then I met this guy over 10 years ago, 12 years ago, um, when I was volunteering at a church. I was working um, another job, but I was volunteering at a church and saw this thing, you got you guys have heard of servant leadership. And I never knew what that was, but I experienced it through him um, coming to support me in something he didn't know who I was or anything, but he came and led a some prayer thing with me. And um that started our journey on um started a relationship with us and um and then I came on staff, met my pastor, Pastor Chris, and it's just been a refreshing time in the last past 10 years of uh, picking up. You've heard of the phrase, uh, picking up the towel, leading the title. Have you heard that? That's exactly what happened in my life. I learned how to pick up the towel and serve others, um, lay down the title, which is more fulfilling. And so that's kind of the journey I've been on. So that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And CJ does that so well. Um, hey, so let's just jump into some practical. It's great. Thank you for sharing your quick stories. Um, let's jump into some practical questions. I know everybody probably has this on there. I'd love to know how this happens. So um, how do you guys, and you can answer for Highlands or whatever, um, how do you guys build your worship sets? Like what are the, what are the main filters? Like, let's just start there because that's like the, we're, we're having to do that every week, right? You know, and what is it about Sundays? You, you finish one Sunday and then, you know, you're literally driving away from church thinking about next Sunday. So how would you guys approach that? Um, why don't you all start, and we'll, we'll answer as well. Yeah, we used to have a pretty good formula, and then at the beginning of the summer, we just blew up our formula. So uh, every week now, we actually don't know what format we're doing service in. That's awesome. Um, and so we did a, a worship series this summer called Made for This, and just about the fact that we were made for worship. And so uh, basically we said, okay, well, with this topic this weekend, how do we want to do that? So what we started doing was doing you know, kind of our up-tempo songs, we baptize uh, somebody live, usually two people, every service, awesome. uh, which is amazing to go back into worship after hearing their story of life change and all that. Um, and so then Pastor Dave would get up and preach, and then he would say, so basically because of all that revelation, let's respond. The band comes back up, and, and then we worship off the back part of it. So that was amazing for that, that series. Thank Amen. you, Lord. <laughs> so that was great for that series. And then we're like, well... Why go back to the old way? You know, so yeah. really this, it's, it depends on if we have a guest speaker or whatever to, to determine how we're actually formatting our service every week now. So uh, all that to say is um, as far as like how we then structure it, um, we always have several worship leaders. So at least two, um, usually three, if not four. So we're always looking, there's a kind of like the main leaders that are going to make it really happen, but then others that are in the, the stage of development or growth. And uh, so we just set them up for success. The variety is awesome. Diversity is awesome. Um, so we try to play to all that. So within that, then it's, okay, what songs that are working in the church right now? What are songs that feel like they're the heartbeat of our church right now? 
So for us right now, it's Waymaker. Um, so it's not Leland, but it's yeah. whatever yeah. that person's name is. Yeah. Um, and That's so totally. Waymaker is the heart. So we're always going, okay, what feels like the heart for our church right now? And then we kind of go from there and build it, everything else around that. Um, and so, but yeah, so honestly, we're going back to school in many ways going up. We don't know how we're doing church every so, weekend. So dive into that a little bit further. Like, what what's the conversation that you have with, with Pastor Dave or with your team? How does that look like on a week-to-week basis? Yeah. So right now, we, we generally plan, like, four and a half songs. And in that, we're trying to do up-tempo songs because we believe that breakthrough happens in praise. Yeah. So if we don't break through in those first two songs-ish, then it's like... Good luck, right? Yeah. Um, and so, but yet, there's only about four of those songs on the planet. So then you're like, how do we... Oh, yeah, so true. <laughs> somebody write a fast song. Somebody in here got a fast We're singing all four of those in our <laughs> Exactly. So we're trying to do stuff that we don't absolutely despise. Uh, and then... Uh, what was the original question? <laughs> How do we actually plan it? With Dave, yeah, everything. So actually, right now, as we tell with all of our campuses, we don't make our campuses do the same set. We want the leaders to have ownership and buy-in in their lists. So um, so Rich now, because uh, Tosh and I are actually over our main campus now as well. So he oversees it for our, our other campuses. Um, basically, communicate, hey, we don't know how Pastor Dave wants to do the, 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 the whole service this weekend. So basically, let's go on four and a half songs and make it so that if we need to split it in the middle, you can do that fairly easily. And then we'll, we'll <coughs> massage it. And then sometimes Pastor Dave, if we are going to split the list, he'll have something very specific out of his message. to go, hey, let's this song be perfect to respond. And I think the biggest thing, I think, for all of us has been this really growing thing about checking our egos at the door because it used to be like oh well it has to be five songs in a row because then that's how you really ascend the hill of the Lord where you get somewhere <laughs> right. yeah. but what we found is to break through in praise we have a baptism there's people's story it just ignites the whole room we go back into worship uh, then he preaches and then coming out of that what people then worshiping with revelation yeah. like they're so ready to worship versus uh, people that, you know, if you're doing five songs in a row, you get into the third song and they're like, oh my gosh, my ears are torched or I'm tired or when is this going to end? You know, that kind of stuff. So, um, but yet we do, at, like this weekend we have a guest speaker and we have Pastor Daniel Floyd is going to be speaking. And so we call it guest speaker format, which is more like a traditional, what you would expect kind of format. So that when the people come in, they're like, I know what to do. And we're not just saying, right. oh, hey, we need you to preach right. five minutes and then stop. Right. And then, yeah, so, yeah. Awesome. so it's very moving the shells around now. Yeah, I think the, um, I think it's interesting to see where in, in church life where we've seen this, you know, we maybe the way I grew up is, you know, you show up and you say, hey, we're, we're in the key of G. And we're just going to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that was the church Dude, that's my service. Anybody else? Yeah. And it was very fun and super stressful at the same time. <laughs> It's interesting to see there's there's a little bit of a shift that's happening through the body of Christ because after that that season you know it kind of went real structured mm-hmm. and right and and it, and it needed to almost and it's been fun to see how in different churches and it's the same here at Highlands like we're trying to approach you know we're trying to ask the question or answer the question I should say how do we have um, really good resources structure where that's understandable for our team. And for our church, but still leaves tons of room for response. I love that word that you used, which was response. And I feel like we're seeing this, this shift back towards, 
hey, let's be a little bit more, let's, let's, let's be in the general church, let's be a little bit more open to what God's saying in the moment. And I would just encourage all of you, you know, that as you're building your worship sets, that you're not overly formulaic. Right. I don't even know if that's a word, but it sounded awesome. Not to be overly overly set in a certain system. Systems will always serve you well, but they can also lull you to sleep too if you're not right. careful. And I think our job as worship leaders, worship pastors, is to just p- bring people into a place where they can encounter the, the presence of God. Right. And a lot of times, you know, there was only one burning bush, right? There was there was, there was only you know, Jesus when he would heal the blind, he did it differently every time. So. So God moves in different ways. I think at Highlands, we're going through a little bit of a similar uh, transformation in how we approach set lists because for the longest time, we've done the same set list at every location. Mm-hmm. And that actually served us well. And if, um, there, there might be some uh, multi-site churches here, maybe not, but it was, it was good. But now what we've been discovering is that is that every community is a little bit different, right. and we want to be we want to reach the community, right? right? And so it's you know it's not as much about the exact brand that we have that we're going in same experience. It's the same experience, but it's happening at a deeper level. Right. And um, and so we actually used to we used to do um, and this may sound like a small change, but for me it's a big one. We used to plan set lists out six weeks in advance, wow. and and now we've um, we've backed. And this sounds good. It's not even so impressive. That was only four weeks. Okay, it's a big change, people. It's a big change. Okay, John's a warm leader. Twenty-two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> big change. That's true. <laughs> so, That's true. But part of it is that we're we're <laughs> even approaching how because we would be one of those churches, um, and and very much believe in the in the path that God has taken us down. Where we were really systematic in our approach, and that did help us grow. Right. You know, for our, for that's our story. You know how we how we grew, but we're wanting to see those those genuine experiences with God happen. Yeah. You know, and so we're just even trying to refine how we do that. So we'll yeah. we'll plan four weeks out in advance, but we're not married to that. Mm-hmm. Really, we're planning four weeks out in advance just so that we can get keep our team. Right. in tune with what's going on. That's good. And, um, and so we all, I'm sure everybody uses Planning Center or something similar, right? Does anybody not use Planning Center? No, no shame? No shame? Nobody? So 100%? Okay. Okay, great. You need to use Planning Center. It's amazing. <laughs> I'll tell you about it right after session. It's amazing. Okay, okay, good. Okay. Um, but the cool thing about the, the society that we live in now is that we are in a resource-rich environment, right? Every major um, music producer has pretty much produced the vocal parts, the guitar parts, right? How to play this. It's pretty great. Is it not? What I find interesting is that we have so much information and not a lot of people actually take advantage of it. Right. There's still people who show up that, that don't know the, the drum beat, right? <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and pick on drummers. I'm sorry, Joseph, but I'm going to pick. It's always the drummer that, that calls you at 10 o'clock on Saturday night. Right? It says, right? It says, hey, I can't make it tomorrow morning, right? Yeah, no, just Anyways. So, He's getting healing. Sometimes. Did you ever do that? Did you ever do that? Never. Never, okay. No. So, but, but there's, you know, but thinking about how we can actually resource our teams and still stay flexible, right? Right. And that's like, that's the challenge for us. That's probably one of the things we're working on the hardest right now. And, um, and I think it's just all about bringing, you know, those resources into one place. So planning center is an important part of that for us. I know a lot of you are probably very familiar with it, but we put vocal parts, um, up there. We put, uh, 
chord charts, you know, MP3s. We put as many resources into our planning center as we possibly can, and that's just to enable us to not only know the music well and be prepped for the weekend, but also if there's a if there's a curveball, we want to do something right. else that they're ready to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you have anything to add on that for us? Yeah. So, so you talked about. Um, how we create set lists. So we have a lens and we actually changed this a little bit too, that we kind of create the set list of songs out of and invite, engage, reflect, and then respond. Because, and what we saw was we were actually creating set lists based on each term. So invite, what song is inviting, what song is engaging, what song is reflecting, and then our offering song being a response. But then now we've gone into uh, this model of asking the question, do we have an inviting song? Is there an engaging part of the set that we can engage people? Is there a part that reflects who Jesus is at the end? Like, So now it's broader because now we can add more songs in it. Um, so that's kind of how we, the lens we look out of for um, creating okay. this. Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about this. You mentioned over how many people on your team? Worship ministry, 100? Yeah, 100 120 is generous. Okay, so that's, a, that's a massive group of people. Yes. So it's how many are on yours, John? Um, a lot. Twelve thousand. <laughs> so, so how, like, do anyway. you, how do you how do you bring people onto your team? What's the onboarding process? If that's yeah. a, a term to use for. I always think waterboarding when you say onboarding. But <laughs> <laughs> honestly, we probably should. Oh, I'm just kidding. Help us, Jesus. Um, so I feel like I mean, this is a total Andy Stanleyism, but it says never stop working on the system. So I feel like you know it's always keeping a pulse on where you're at as a church and what you need, and then adjusting season by season. So we were on, I would say, like over 10, 15 years. Every year and a half to two years, we would completely change our audition process and whatever. And some of that was just because of church growth and you know what was sustainable, what wasn't. Um, so like there was one time we used to, everybody that would audition would come on one night and we'd fill an entire band of people auditioning and make them play together. <laughs> and then and we had like the drummer watching the drummer and guitar player watching guitar player, bass player watching bass players. It was a really efficient way to do it. But we only did it auditions like twice a year. So we'd have like 50 people coming to do that. So we didn't hang on to that very long. Um, then we would do like one-on-one auditions. And then um, what we're using right now is a modified version of uh, Elevation's model which is we put all the standards like basically here's the song, here's what we need you to do. You record yourself and put it on YouTube and keep as a private link and you send us the link. And basically what that does for us is it, um, it keeps the people from that like really shouldn't ever be in worship ministry from, that was a joke. Um, uh, but yeah, the people that you're like, yeah, probably, probably like, Parking lot is probably a good place. <laughs> you can sing all you want out there. Um, these are jokes, guys. It's afternoon, day one. Like, this guy's harsh. <laughs> late afternoon. Late afternoon. Order in the coffee. Let's go. Okay. Um, but no. So yeah. So we just kind of do, and then we'll do live callbacks. So the people that were like, "Hey, we'd love to," you know, kind of you know put you through more of an audition. Then we do a live callback with them. Um, and so that's how we're kind of doing it right now. Then if they kind of come through all that, like, wow, yeah, this is a great person for it. In fact, we had one last week. Uh, then we do like a phone call or a Skype FaceTime uh, interview basically and just talk to them and make sure they're familiar with our process. Um, as far as like they have to be in a small group, they have to go through, we call it Discover, that's growth track. Um, they have to be a member of the church. And then uh, our mandatory thing is 
we have our team night once a month, and so that they have to agree, like, yeah, that's going to happen. So if people can't make it to team night, then we're like, hey, that's kind of the most important thing we do. Um, and so, so we just kind of work them through that, and then we uh, integrate them into our schedule. Um, and then, yeah, kind of go from there. So you mentioned uh, live callbacks. How do you tell people they didn't make it to the team? Yeah, so uh, gently, not how I did it here. Yep. Um, <laughs> we say, hey, thanks for coming yeah. to the process. Um, and, you know, our, our big thing is, and I have talked to people that are, like, really harsh. And, like, I don't care where they go from here. They're not making it. Right. And it's like, I feel like you have to give an account for that right. on a right. certain particular day called Judgment Day. Right, right. Um, and so, <laughs> so it's like we're here to pastor people, right? It's not just we're, we're not just – I mean, yes, we are protecting a platform, but we're here to pastor people. <clears throat> and so if they didn't make it, they say, hey, at this time, it's really – it's not a good fit. Um, if you want to continue to kind of pursue music, then here's some pointers. Um, you know, we always encourage them to get private lessons or community college classes or whatever. And then we always say, in the meantime, obviously you've expressed an interest to, to serve and to do something in the church. And so here's some areas that you could explore from here um, so that it doesn't just die with this. You right. know? So we try to plug them in you know, other places, which I'm sure you guys probably do amazing yeah. as well. Sure. So, um, so we also have road track step one, step two, step three, and step four. Step four is where they come if they want to be a part of the worship team. To follow what the road um, track is, so they know what that is. So the growth track is steps for someone that's new to our church to get involved, to become, um, to actually take the steps to be involved in a certain department in our church or where they're going to serve. So, but also it, it gives them the vision of the church. You know, uh, we do. Uh, gifts assessment throughout that all of those things happen in our growth track so that like Pastor Chris was saying today they're not just coming and sitting in the service they're coming and then they have steps to go further into what God has called them to do so that's what our growth track is and so when they get to step four and they want to be a part of the worship team we actually um, give them all the criteria they need to audition we tell them about the audition but we also put a blank up there for them to to um, uh, talk about or share what their second interest is. This is to um, uh, eliminate, you know, once we say no, like, we, there's nothing else for them. Like, we actually have, oh, so we see that you want to be a kids in the kids area, you know. You didn't make the vocal audition, but we want to connect you with the kids area. So that's kind of how we do it up front. And we tell them this. We communicate that so they know it. There's not a guarantee that you're going to make the audition. So, so once that happens, then they have the audition. The first Thursday of every month, we have auditions for them. And then um, and the auditions is basically vocal auditions. Three people sitting there giving feed, or taking notes, and then we video them. So that we can actually, like, like Joseph was saying, once we say no, there's actually a reason. Like we can say pitch was off or something like that. Um, one of the main things that we do after that is... Uh, if they make it, we send them an email. If they don't, we call them. And that's just to be intentional. Some people are, you know, they don't want to hear no, but there's there's good in, in being able to talk to them, you know, and say, this is the reason why I come back or take your second interest. Once they, if they make it into um, our development, what we call development, that's a, a process they'll go through orientation. And then we have a, a filter that we use, with which is heart excellence and community. And that's where we know they're going to deal with heart issues in development. We know they're going to deal with being excellent. We know they're going to deal with community. But those are things that we're gauging kind of where you're at in the process so that once you graduate, we know that 
you're part of the culture now. Your heart is there. We, we're always dealing with heart. And that's one thing we tell our team. You, you don't make it to the platform and you're not dealing with heart. Right. You don't make it to the platform and you're not dealing with excellence. Right. You don't make it to the platform and you're not dealing with community. But we make that, um, we, we're intentional about uh, communicating that constantly to our teams. But those are, that kind of helps us gauge where you're at in the process. And then once you graduate, um, you come on a part of the team. Okay. So I was going to say, too, how many years in the room are either a part of a plant or you planted within the last year? It's awesome. Okay, awesome. So a couple of different, okay, these are like, you know, established churches, big worship communities, right, talking. But um, so we've got several campuses. So one of the things, again, looking at our system and our department meetings, just kind of taking the dipstick and the oil, so to speak, of, okay, how's this campus doing? How's that campus doing? Um, and so we just need more participation from local people at some of those campuses. So what we did is we're not doing the YouTube thing for those campuses. We're kind of actually putting a demand on people to make an action. Um, and so they're announced this last weekend that we're doing auditions at two of our campuses, kind of more old school style, where it's like it's going to be on this night. Um, and so RSVP and our, uh, our admin basically tells them, hey, prepare this song. And then there'll be another song that'll be like a CCLI top 10, but we're going to spring that on you without you knowing it because we want to see how you react to on the spot kind of stuff, right? Anybody can practice one song for two weeks. I want to know, can you play a song you didn't know you were going to play um, and just see how you react to that? We're not trying to say like you have to play it like the record, right? So, um, but it was just no- noticing that, especially with multi-site, it always feels like, oh, the main campus, they'll fix it, right? Uh, but same thing for new churches and plants. So we have TFH Oakland is planting uh, January of 2020. So I'm working with Pastor Jules and Lonnie right now just to go, okay, so Pastor Lonnie is a worship leader, but they're like, but we, we need a band. Like, we're going into Oakland, we want to have that gospel kind of a thing, but we need musicians. So I'm working with them going, okay, you have to create some urgency in people. And there's nothing like slapping a date on a calendar going, hey, we're, doing, we're holding auditions for TFH Oakland on this day. That's good. Uh, so that there's the marketing aspect, there's, you know, obviously if your church is already planted, you can actually make those announcements. Because um, the other thing too is it does show that like we're not a closed ministry. That right. people see see the platform and they go, well, surely they have this figured out, right? Yeah. Um, and so by having those auditions, like, hey, we're always looking for excellent yes. musicians and singers with a heart for the house to come and minister in worship. If you're interested, you know, email this or go to the you know website. Um, we're holding auditions on this date, and so it's creating that urgency is where the season that we're in, both in a plant situation that hasn't planted yet. And in campuses, uh, just just again, just thinking, always thinking, like what's needed and how can we go after it. Yeah, that's really good. Just on that too, I just encourage you guys. If you're looking, you're trying to find musicians, right? That's a big question. Like, where do you go? I mean, I think, I think first of all, getting into the higher education learning, you know, centers of your area is a huge, a huge resource right. to start. Just finding those those schools. It might be a community college, but you never know what you know leadership gold is there mm-hmm. um, one of the things that's really worked well for us is we actually have <clears throat> a private um, music lesson house instrument lesson house in our it's not a house it's a it's a uh, anyway it doesn't matter <laughs> Enneagram one right there just had a I just had a one moment <laughs> I gotta describe everything exactly anyways okay so but it, it's this great you know third party they, they train you know guitar players and keyboard players. It's in Birmingham, you know, of all places. 
an amazing resource for us. Mm-hmm. So they're they're training up these kids in high school, okay, and and we're like we're like, hey, if you wanna if you wanna play on the weekends, you know, of course now we have to put it through the filter that CJ talked about, heart and excellence and community. But just to be just to go outside the walls of your church too is huge. To look for potential. And you gotta be careful with that because I mean for me I think being on a platform like we talked about, we're protecting a platform, it's a it's a priesthood, it's you know, it's it's a it's there, it's a very high calling to do that, but I think we have to be just um, creative in how we we find those people. So it's not outreach dating; it's outreach jamming. That's right. Wow. Yes. In a house. You can in use that zone for somebody. In a house. Um, okay. Hey. So, how do you guys incorporate? This will be the last one, then we'll go to Q and A for you all. Um, how do you guys incorporate non-musical elements into? Your worship experience. Um, you know, I think you, you mentioned that. CJ, why don't you talk about how? Yeah, we why don't you guys tell us? Because we okay. don't okay, yeah. do that as well. Um, go for it. Okay. So we do um, we do testimony videos, things like that. Where we'll um, uh, go to an event or something we have and get a testimony video of how somebody started. They went to a men's conference we had or a women's conference, things like that, and we'll take those videos, incorporate them into our services. We also do something really simple as a scripture element where we'll be singing a song and then we'll come down, vamp down on this progression, and then you'll see the scripture pop up on the screen and then we'll come with a big bridge or something like that. Um, we do that, and we also started incorporating some of our own original songs, probably acoustic or something like at a cello or something like that after the news kind of had that moment where we we create a um, reflective moment like that um that enhance the experience yeah i think for us it's uh it's been a simple thing but baptisms it's awesome so every time they do baptisms we have a team that they do their script with them so it doesn't get like out of control some of them have gotten out of control and it's awesome Um, (laughs) but we usually you know if if there's a lot and they're always trying to point towards community we're always trying to point towards how jesus was their savior but they found community in the church Uh, because when i first started sometimes it was like the church was the savior, you right. know, and so we're trying to paint it bigger. Right. But that's how we've been able to get stories every single week, um, yeah. every service in, into. So that's a simple way you can do it too. But um, yeah, stories are money. Can I ask one thing? So setting up that baptism, how does that look? Like, yeah, so there's part of the flow. So people, um, they always say, hey, if you're interested in being baptized, go on the, the website or the app. You can sign up. Also through Discover. We'll service. Right. In a service. But like, so they'll, they'll go to them. Then they have a whole team that runs it, right? So um, they show, shoot an email to us every week telling us how many people are getting baptized each service. And then, again, with our kind of weird format now, we're like, we don't know how we're doing church. Um, some of it just depends on, okay, we look at our first couple songs and go, where could be a powerful moment to do this? An easy place to do it is the transition from the up-tempo into kind of the back-half worship. Um, but we've also been doing it, we've done it right in the middle of the song before. We'll go into a bridge, for instance, like resurrecting, right? So then we'll bring it down and just vamp on the bridge. We go to baptism, and as soon as they hit the water, then we can, by your spirit, and it's just like, and they're just like, what is this, you know? So, that's awesome. That's good. Okay, so we're just having a conversation just about some things that are working in worship and the essentials of us. Let's open it up to just Q&A from all of you. We'd love to know what you guys want to talk about. So does anybody have a question, curious about something? Okay, go for it. Um, Probably leaning more towards because you said that sometimes you don't know exactly how you're doing church. 
So how do you choose the songs that you're going to rehearse, you know, prior to that mm -hmm. Sunday? Since you don't have a list of songs that you're doing that right. Sunday and you, you don't rehearse those songs, how do you choose the songs that you rehearse? Yeah. So we, we, what we've been telling our guys is like, hey, pick your lists. And this is like 75% confident this is how we're going to do it, but be ready to be flexible. Okay. So, um, you know, so for us, there's still the benefit to rehearse because, you, you know, we're going to do this song. We just don't know where. You know, um, or, you know, yeah, so, so we still are able to rehearse. Uh, we use Planning Center, you know, heavily. And so um, our, our community, at one point we didn't rehearse because before we had campuses especially, we had people driving longer to and from rehearsal than rehearsal would even be. So we were like, this is not a good use of people's time. So we just put tons of pressure on them to just, hey, go to Planning Center rehearse on your own and then just as we reinforce that when people show up and it's obvious they hadn't done their part the peer pressure was yes. so not in, not in an unhealthy way but it was like really dude <laughs> you know and so it doesn't take long before it's like hey you know again the excellence thing um so but when you know in our vacuville campus we do rehearse um you know every week but yeah so it's just picking those songs we know we're going to need to rehearse and then we'll like hey we'll let you know thursday friday as pastor dave knows kind of where things are landing exactly how it's going to happen that probably goes to a lot with the lead pastor personality because so my dad is the pastor he is a musician worship leader very last minute let's do this right now let go so he, and he's very planned like let's systems and everything so even just that dynamic of having things planned out but being like flexible to know that okay if the pastor says hey let's change some stuff up we're not like no but then you have someone like Chris, Pastor Chris, who is very systems and lets it needs to be like this. So you just gotta go too with what's best for your leadership. That's great. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, hey, right there. Uh, as worship pastors, how are you encouraging um, your team, or what is the, the next step process? So, like, every, how are you encouraging your team members to pursue growth, <clears throat> take next steps? Yes. That's great. I love that you're asking that question. Mm -hmm. it's a, I mean, I think it's easy for us to get focused on the music and right. creative elements, but we, I think going back just to uh, what Joseph was saying is that we're, we're really pastoring, we're shepherding the people through. <clears throat> and I think it just has to be a constant conversation. Um, I think a, a, a great starting point, I don't, know, I don't know if I can give you the full you know, plan, but a great starting point is to is to set people's expectations right about what it means to be on the worship team. Mm -hmm. Isn't it true yeah, that it's human nature, like because we're standing up on this platform right now, all of a sudden we have right. like we're treated differently. Right. Or that or that this team is on that stage out there. Right. And it's really there's really nothing different. I mean if right. yeah. you right. know, I'm sure you guys have felt that in your local context too, that there's you know you get kind of treated a little different. I think if if really the worship team and the greeter team, there's no difference. Right. It's definitely, there's no difference in value. Right. There's a difference maybe in skill, skills required. Right. right. Um, I don't think there's a difference in anointing required. Mm. Personally. I think an anointed greeter. Yeah. That smile. So true. And that I'm so glad you're here. Can right. Set something off in the spiritual realm. Yeah. That's that, true. You know, that an unanointed right. musician. Yeah. Preach it, John. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you set their expectations right mm -hmm. and make that the, the basement level, hey, congratulations, you're on the worship team. You're just getting started. <laughs> I can't wait to see what God has in store. Yeah. For you. Right. Yeah. And I think God's the Holy Spirit is probably a better coach than we are. Right. right? You know, he's he's the one who's 
And he's the still small voice right. behind each and every person saying, hey, this is the way, walk, walk in that way. Right. right. And so I think, I think we just need to set the expectations put the right way right. first. So and I think the Lord takes care of the rest of it. Yeah, it's a tip, like for our team to speak to that too is, is I mean, when you really think of it as a musician, so like I'm 36 and I started playing piano when I was three. There so I mean, kind of a big deal. Um, um, <laughs> three? <laughs> which side note? Uh, if you haven't seen Worship Fails Instagram account, oh my yet, gosh, <laughs> so good. Like we almost just try to figure out how to connect it to these screens. Just watch those in this whole session. That's anyway, <laughs> true. Um, like as a musician, like the whole like okay, next level, next step. Like we should always be, we should never arrive at, as musicians. Yes. But at the same time, it's kind of like the more you go after it, the weirder you get. You know, like it's like if, if the striving is as an insular thing as a band trying to do new things, explore new horizons, and all that, it's just kind of like at the end of the day, it gets like I was talking about, I think I was talking to Rich, and like, you know, bands like in the secular arena that are like the ones you listen to and stuff, a lot of them are like, what does this even mean? Like, what are you even talking about? But in the name of expression, like, wow, they're next level, and like, uh, you know, it just gets weird. So for our teams, what we do is it's like, hey, when's the last time that you actually asked one of the camera guys what his name was? Mm-hmm. Um, and we make all, all of our worship guys, you know, after rehearsal, we'll, we'll pray together, we go through the service, and then it's like, all right, everybody, out front. Yeah. We've been doing this for years. We've done this from uh, City Church in Seattle. Uh, every person on our team, we go out and we welcome people to church. Love that. Uh, because, and I love it too, because sometimes they look at you and, and you have like, well, you have our in ears, right? And so people that are new, they'll come and look at those like, oh, that poor boy can't hear. <laughs> you can see the look on their face. Or they just don't like, they're new, right? And then I love the look, and then like when we're on stage and I'm leading worship, and I catch eyes of that person, and they're like, yeah. So, oh my gosh, like I met that guy, right? Because we're on the pedestal, we're cool, we should be hanging out in the green rooms, we shouldn't be out with the crowd of people. So for our teams, it's going, you got, and we, we said this at our team night, it's like, we also do this a lot of times, when we come up for altar ministries, we make our, not make, we just tell our vocalists, don't come up, help pray, because number one, we just need people to help pray, like our altar ministries are, are a big priority for us. Um, but also, it's like when you... Like two weekends ago, I was outside with our guy that runs our Connect stuff and for new people. And an uh, older gentleman came up to me and said, Hey, just been here for about two years. I'm Glenn. And, um, and he's like, My, my, uh, my son in law committed suicide last night. And I'm like, Suddenly, echo doesn't matter. Right. Right. It's a song, echo. Um, but then, as a worship person, I go, this is so much bigger yes. than my four and a half songs. Yep. Right? Oh, so and whether the pastor told me to split my set in half or do it all in one spot, right? It's like whatever helps Glenn yeah. right now encounter God. So and then, you know, the whole rod, this room, this room I have allergies in. <laughs> we never had to in the same room too, and I bawled like a baby. Um, but that's the, that's the next step for us. It's like, yes, let's pursue excellence, but only excellence leveraged for somebody else's encounter. Yeah. That's good. That's so the point. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. And then we have someone. So let's go right here. So, I wish I could say yes. 
but I, I don't. But I do think that's something that actually needs to be a part of the conversation for sure. Wait, um, if, to clarify the question, what they can post of themselves? Okay, yeah. so not like the worship team, like posting yeah. band. No. Okay, like songs or whatever. Yeah. Go ahead, John. I think it's, I was. I didn't have an answer. That, so. <laughs> I I'll Go for say it. something to that. Uh, I think a lot of times, you know, if. It's more than just what they post on social media, right? It's whatever's going on in their heart, but it is reflected in what's being posted. So I think for me, my nature is just, I want the best for that person. I want the best for our team. And so if I see something that I'm like, what are you doing? I hope that I have a relationship enough that I can go to them and just be like, hey, that's a little weird. Especially, you know, with girls or, you know, people on the team, there's inappropriate stuff. I, I feel comfortable enough to go to them and just say, you know, and not anything. This has nothing to do with church or legalism. This is just you as a person. Like, so I'm not trying to control your life because you're standing on a stage. I'm trying to help you because I'm. I'm. There's a cautious thing happening in me. So I even just take it even outside of the context of worship and don't even bring that up. Like, because you're on the worship team, we need to address your social media platform. Like, just to them as a person. And if they're like defensive and like, whatever, screw you, I don't care, then that's okay. Right. Now the worship team, let's talk about that. So I think it's just addressing them personally. I love you as a person. You know, let's, this is making me just have some questions. Can I ask you what this picture of you have made meant? <laughs> really briefly. So some great verbiage for this. <laughs> Thank you, Alton. So some great verbiage for this that we learned from uh, Cass Langton at Hillsong at our church um, whatever, it was a couple of years ago. Is she said this, that the platform you basically you've committed. Oh, shoot, I'm already messing up. Oh. A lifestyle of holiness. Yeah, so there's a lifestyle of holiness that's required for the platform. And so um, it's a great verbiage for like, you know, so you just go, so that's fine. Like it's, I mean, it's not fine, but it's just you've made a decision to not qualify for the platform anymore, but let's just talk. So that was just some helpful yeah. verbiage for how do you address that. I think the I think the key is just not be afraid to have the conversation, yeah. Right? Yeah. and that probably goes with any kind of tensions, because yeah. um, you probably don't have any tension in your worship team it's every day. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I think what I've had to learn how to how to do and be comfortable with is just having right. like like don't wait for right. something to yeah. fester or to grow. Yeah. Go ahead and like let's talk about it right now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you do see that Instagram post, let's just. Yeah. Even if it's just awkwardness, let's just go ahead and play. Right. let's have that conversation. And I think that helps, you know, continue to shepherd your team. So yeah. great question. Yeah. Great question. Okay. Okay. My, my question is, uh, we've been, we recently have, uh, I'd say our birthday, first birthday last week. Oh, nice. awesome. Congratulations. My question to you guys is, we have two different perspectives of the church, right? Uh, how do you manage excellency as a musician, but uh, weakness on mm-hmm. on uh, spiritual life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you manage that? And, you know, when you are really, you know, opening the church, mm-hmm. yep. uh, going into a different culture, yep. and how do you say the person know when you actually need? That person. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. real. That's real. Yeah. So I would just say, you know, the it's a tension. It's it's a it's something that you have to deal with. No matter if you're a one year old church or a five year old church, that's still. I don't. I mean, we need musicians like every day. So we're yep. we're up against that. So first of all, that's something that won't ever go away. So that's my. <laughs> so the Lord bless you. Bless you. 
the second thing is, is I think, um, I think you have to look at it from are they, are they, are they following the Lord or are they not? And the word says that we're working out our salvation every day with fear and trembling. So I'm, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I am trying. Right. I'm striving for the biblical model. Yeah. And so I think we need to, um, to have that same kind of mindset. And it's all about the, what's coming out of their hearts. I think we've said yeah. that a couple of times. So people mess up, you know, people right. might, um, you know, drink too much the night before church, right? But they're just so in love with Jesus. It's something that they're working on. Okay, so I would say you gotta you gotta you gotta stay under the covering of your, your senior leadership, so your senior pastor or your lead pastor. But then work with people. Yeah. You know, I think I think we need to be a church that is trying to take people on a journey to holiness, mm-hmm. not expecting holiness of them right off the bat. And so so it's kind of a messy thing. Yeah. But, but people are kind of messy. Right. You know? and so I just I'd say there's a there's I would say there's probably a clear distinction of somebody who just could care less. Yeah. I would say you can tell probably by the fact that they just don't even want to be at church. They're there for because they like to play music or whatever. There's food. I don't know. <laughs> and somebody who's there, they've messed up. Man, their hearts and then they're trying. You know. And I think there's a different way you deal with both of those people. Never apologize for holding a high standard. Yeah. Right. You know, as long as you have the grace to take people on the journey. Right. Good. Okay. Okay. That's great. Right. So good. Yeah. I think. Uh, this is all biblically based, obviously, but her dad forever has always said we minister out of the overflow. And so it's important, you know, and these are very um, real topics, especially in our day and age, you know, the questions about sexuality and all that stuff and like all that stuff that we won't go into in this session. But uh, whether it is, you know, areas of sin or, you know, spewing profanity on social media or, you know, whatever, like all this stuff is what's coming out of someone's heart. Um, and because we're leading out of that, right? It's not two separate people. And so in the worship ministry at our church, it's the most stringent prerequisites out of any other ministry. So we have something called life change that happens two times a year. It's powerful. It's, you know, talk about finding freedom. It's, this yeah. is like in three day, or two days now. Um, you, you know, do the cross, identity, deal with purity issues, forgiveness, uh, renunciating sin, and then baptism of the Holy Spirit is the last session of that. It's the most powerful thing we do. We only do it twice a year though. Um, and what that does for us is, number one, nobody gets on the platform unless they have gone through life change already or they're signed up for the next one uh, because it's like we're, we're pouring out of that. So we need to make sure that we've dealt with, like we don't have just rampant anger or bitterness or purity issues or whatever. Um, and then what it also does kind of twofold for us is people ask us all the time, do you have like people have to come to the church for X amount of time before they can get on the platform? We've never set that standard, but we use life change is that because it only happens twice a year. It guarantees people have been in church for six months already. Um, right. They're in church, they're in groups, they're in community, they've gone through Discover. Um, but all of it, again, is because, you know, when you are a greeter, you're not pouring out of the well of your heart, right? You're smiling, you're shaking hands, and again, we want all those people to be right. awesome. Uh, but it's no more apparent than in worship ministry when you're up there pouring out of that and going, what's actually... So Jonathan Stockstill, who's now the lead pastor at Bethany in uh, Baton Rouge... Um, came and spoke to our worship team about this. It was amazing. He's talking about like the water of what God wants to do in the church comes through the filter of all the worship ministers. Um, and so it comes through the filter of your mind and the way that we purify our minds is in the word. Okay. Um, and it comes through our hands. The way we purify our hands is through repentance. Okay. And then it comes through our heart and that things like ambition, 
Mm-hmm. The way you purify your heart is in the presence. Yeah. So when you get in the presence as a worshiper, it purifies all that. And the analogy was like we had uh, gone golfing that day, and they filled all the little water jugs from like hose water. And so you like drink, you're like, oh, this is gross. Well, that same thing is when people come into our churches, yep. and you're singing Waymaker, Miracle Worker, and they're like, I believe all this, but... Yeah, right. like talk some about it. Residue, right? You know, That's and right. what is it? They didn't cleanse their heart, yeah. right? So every singer up there, well, I could leave this better than right. CJ, dear God, <laughs> you know. And then, but what that does is it it taints the water that's coming off the platform. Yep. And that's why tomorrow at one thirty we have a building healthy worship culture. Culture. That's right. We'll continue to talk about all that. Great promo. Get back to practical. That's good. So you kind of just spoke on my question, but I really wanted to dive into a little bit. So I've noticed um, that in certain different cultures that worship experience is different. Whereas I come here, it's like everyone's on fire, everybody's worshiping, and then in all the other cultures, the worship team is entertaining the congregation. Yep. And so how do you encourage the worship leader, especially if they're new in the worship team, especially, you know, especially small churches, to um, to show them or to, you know, what a worship experience is like? Because most of us, especially my church, a lot of us come from a mega church, but in the mega church, we were they were being entertained. Yeah. And so you didn't know what a true experience with God was like, a true encounter, whereas here right. at my church now, we just started, we're now in our third year, our pastor and our worship team, we have we want experiences like how we do, you know, what we do at conferences or you know what we've seen you all do. But then our church, it was like, so right. we pastor don't do that, you know. And but you still have. So how do you, you know, encourage mm. the worship leader to not get frustrated? Yep. Whereas you're singing and you're worshiping, but it comes your frustration comes out. Right. And so now you allow people who. You know, maybe this is my first time having experience, experience yeah. with God. Now it's tainted because I feel you're frustrated. Right. That's good. That's a great question. Um, my pastor said to me one thing uh, that kind of set me free a little bit on this particular topic. Um, years back, because I, I came off the stage and I was frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, because just, everybody's just staring at me. Right. There's nothing, I don't want you just to stare at me. Right. Kind of, you know, that's, that's not why I'm here. But he said one thing that did really put it in perspective for me. He said the minute we have every person in the room raising their hands and, go, and having that experience, we've actually stopped reaching new people. Wow. I was like, oh, wow, that makes sense. Right. No, he's like, no, we still want it. That's, that is the goal. <laughs> that's, that's where we're going. Right. But we have, to, we have to think of the fact that there are people that are coming to our churches that have never seen drum cages in a church before. I mean, right. Or, or they've never seen a sound system like that or, or lights or whatever the, the context may be. So I think part of it is just how, how you look at those people. Mm-hmm. I think you, you have to continually train your church yeah. and train your worship team on what, the biblical, what biblical praise right. and what biblical worship looks like. Right. Yeah. A great book that describes so much of that is Chris Tomlin, Holy Roar. Yeah. If you want just a quick read, it goes through the seven words for praise yeah. in Psalms. It gives you a perfect, beautiful picture of what praise and worship should look like. You just want some basic worship theology. It's yeah. a great book. Because it just shows you what those expressions look like. So sometimes you're supposed to dance. Sometimes you're supposed to, you know, to, to shout or to become uh, one of the words, one of the meanings for the word praise in the Psalms is to become clamorously foolish. You know, there's, there's all these different phases of praise and worship, right? And so I think we have to have a good understanding of that. That's right. 
but then also train that church right. in that way. So I don't know if your question was for your congregation or for your team, well, but I think your team needs to know what it is first. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Need, there might be a great book to go through. Go through. Yeah. You know, every you know, take a chapter for the next seven weeks, every rehearsal or every gathering you mm-hmm. have. Just discuss one of those words for worship. It's a great way to do that. Okay. That's awesome. Hey. So we we will um, when we audition. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so, we will. Um, yes, when we audition, somebody makes it through the audition. We actually don't put them on the platform right away. Um, we, we spend some time with them, and we actually schedule them for rehearsals. And that uh, we schedule them for rehearsals where we can coach them and kind of see how they're you know how they respond under different uh, songs, different parts, and all that stuff. And that actually depends on the person. For us, it depends on the person themselves. Yeah. So it could be six months, it could be three months, it could be nine months. It just depends mm-hmm. on that person. Great question. I think it depends on need too. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Let's say your drummer just moved to Uzbekistan. <laughs> I don't know why he did that, but he moved there. And you're like, oh my gosh, we have no drummer on Sunday. So you do an acoustic set because some dude knows how to play a cajon. Right? <laughs> and, oh man, it's cool. We're just, you know, we're just changing stuff up this week, you know, we're just trying to do more of an intimate thing. And you're like, oh dear God, Lord, where's the drummer? That week, guess who signed up for an audition? Okay, so then you're like, awesome. Do you love the Lord? Yes. Yeah. Can you play drums? Yes. You're on. It's <laughs> so, right? so true. So honestly, like, there's some God. people that... Uh, That's the Lord. Just touch us all. So some people, you know, like, you don't compromise standards, but what you do is you walk a little closer with people that maybe you make an exception because right. of a, like a need in a, in a like season. Um, and so, yeah, that's the nuts and bolts. Right? Like we've we've limped along with bass players before that we knew. Okay, this wasn't like you know top ten sins. None of those don't exist. But like you know, they were not killing people, right? And like, okay, you're still up on Sunday. Stop doing that. You know, no, it wasn't one of those. But you're walking a little closer, knowing this person is not where I I need them right. to be. But we're just going to walk a little closer in this season because of the need that we're in, and we're always balancing. You know what's. If it ever crosses over into where what's coming out of them is actually going to kind of spoil the water, like we said, um, then we make a hard call. But I always do those with the senior pastor, lead pastor, going, hey, this is why we're making this decision. I just want to let you know, is that cool with you? You know, out of honor and respect and all that stuff. But hopefully that makes sense. When there's those needs, just walk a little bit closer um, in that season while you're kind of developing them. That's great. That's great. Good. I think, let's get two more. So you and then you way over there, okay? That's good work. So how would you say, like, my team loves systems and structure. So uh, we have a pastor very similar flexibility. So how would you uh, train a team and teach and uh, lead by example um, with flexibility, if that makes sense? So her dad has always said this, blessed are the flexibles, for they will not be bent out of shape. <laughs> that's why I'm not but that's literally like a ministry philosophy of ours. Um, honestly, too, this is kind of a joke, but you probably have more classically trained musicians than jazz musicians. Everybody gets the joke? Okay. Um, yeah, just pointing them to the fact of, you know, just like, 
what, what is awesome about flexibility and what's awesome about like imagine you know if it looked like that every single week but like we get to change stuff up isn't that awesome that our pastor keeps it fresh and I think that the biggest thing for all of us in the room is always for yourself understanding the why okay um, and then relaying that to the team so that it's not just like no I know but He's running the show. So, what are you going to do? Right? And that's definitely so mastering them even through how he calls them that tension. Let me just, I think we have a real world application to this because tonight, um, we don't know what song we're going to do at the end of session. And so, actually, we walked off stage, uh, a couple of of you were there, and I just said, hey, I want you to listen to this song that was not on one of our. Um, it wasn't on our plan. Just listen to the song. We may or may not do it, but just be ready for it. Yeah. And so I think just communication, yeah. you know, and then options, giving options. options. I think sometimes for us, we don't know how a service might land. Mm-hmm. So be going in and saying, or before service saying, we might do this song and we might do that song. But it's not, it's not the satisfaction of saying we're going to do this is this is the plan, but it is it's one step towards that. Right. So I think yeah. just communication as much as you can is. Really great. Okay, last question over here. Yeah, so I'm assuming that you guys run multi-tracks on Sunday or Ableton or something, but when you, if you do that, um, is it one of those things like, hey, when we hit the space bar, the train leaves the station and it doesn't stop, or do you have the, like, how do you do that if you're going to go, I might do two and a half songs today or I might do four, we won't know when we get in service, so like, how do you kind of work your right. with your multi-tracks? Yeah. We use multi-tracks a lot. I, I'm, I love them, but I'm not married. I'm not like I'm not letting them control me. Like they, they serve our purpose, so we we bail on them all the time. But we did it today. I mean, there, there's a song that we had today that we could have been on tracks, but then we even had a conversation. You know, it's not really worth the inflexibility of the of the multi-tracks is not worth what that those tracks are giving us. So I think I think you have to organize yourself. Um, in a way, with your technology, and we'd be happy to show you, by the way, how we do that, because we can start, stop, we can change things around if we want to, um, really fast. And so there's a there's a, a methodology to that. We, look, I think, multi tracks has to serve the worship experience, mm-hmm. not the other way around. And I don't know if you guys have anything to add on to that. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. It's a great question. Technology and worship is a great thing, as long as. We're, we're experiencing God's right. presence. Yeah. Yeah. And we're able just to listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, so it's great. I'd be happy to show you that. If you want to come find me later on, I can introduce you to the guy who's doing that. Okay? Yeah. Y'all have been fantastic. I want to honor your time. It's four, a little over 4 o'clock. So, hey, be back in session tonight. Uh, I believe it starts at can I make 7 30. Okay, okay hey, before you leave, we have one important thing. Because uh, <laughs> John said I could. So, um, partially, your, your question as well. So we, we've been doing a worship school at our church for 15 years for worship leaders. Um, we've re-innovated that as well. So there's something called CFH Worship Intensives that are, uh, first one is on-site November 14th through 16th. It's designed specifically for the worship pastor to come to our church and get immersed in our worship culture for three days. Um, we have Paul McClure from Bethel joining us for uh, a couple sessions. Vocal lessons with our world-class vocal instructors included in that. Um, it's basically just come... Uh, and, and just experience it so that you can go, this is what we want, if that is what we want, um, and then learn how to create that culture uh, in your church as well. So, uh, where did Rich just go? Oh, he's over by the door. So if you want, uh, there's that. We might have our brochure in your conference packets, and we also have a table out there. Also, if you have any questions, you can ask us too. So, thank you guys. God bless you all. We hope you enjoyed this session from the ART Conference. 
Our heart is that you are more encouraged and excited about your calling than ever before. For dates and locations, and to register for an upcoming art conference, visit artconference.com.